Podcast. Oh, okay. See, no, it has to be closer. The reason it sounds bad is because it's too far. Are you trying to bring it up closer? Yeah, so... Hello? Okay, it's moving. Okay. Hey, guys, it's Mercury in Retrograde, so we know that there's going to be technical difficulties. My uh, assistant, Lamar, is is sitting here to hold the space for our guest and decided to pour himself some brown liquor. I got to prep for when I go home. Lamar, just drink it. Just okay. drink it now so you can metabolize it before the show's over. Because you're, you're driving us home. Oh, Lamar, that's a double that. shot. Lamar. It's okay. I'm a grown man. You're a grown man who's a designated driver. Get out the chair. Our guest is here. Oh, my bad. Say <laughs> goodbye, Lamar. Goodbye. Thank you guys for having me for these five seconds of fame. The real story. Lamar, get, get up. <laughs> Without further ado, Mr. Brian Henry. Mr. Brian Henry, yes. Be Aw, hug me. Mm. Oh, you smell good. You always smell like a third date, Brian. I appreciate it. A third you. date? What about the first date? Oh, you don't know what third date means, do you? No, I don't. Put oh. me on. <laughs> okay, uh, Brian doesn't know what a third date means. Um, oh, are we drinking today, too? Oh, yeah, we always drink. Okay, so Somebody I. This is, that's yours. That's I poured you. I would see. Here's the thing. We drank wine last time, uh-huh. so I was gonna. Why does he sound so much better than me? I'm gonna have sound envy. Brian sounds amazing. I sound like a tin can. Hello, mic check. Mic check one two. See, oh, oh see. Nah, I, it's just this. It's just this. Michael, I don't sound like that. It's just this resonance in his you voice. You know what? <laughs> Hello. Okay, I'll put it closer. Okay, this is getting phallic now, but I'm trying to sound as good as Brian. Um, I'm gonna take the headphones off. Do I keep them on or take them off? Um, huh? I you, mean, I always got headphones on, so you don't sound, bother you, me. You, you know sound I mean? amazing with them on. I think it's distracting with you, with them on for me. So you keep yours on so you can sound like that to yourself. But <laughs> I need to be professional. Uh, for those of you who've been listening, uh, our guest today is Brian Henry. Um, he is amazing. He literally just got his car and sat down in the middle of all this debauchery. Uh, first of all, we have to toast before we get started. Sure. So we're going to toast to abundance alignment and being at the right place at the right time with the right people amen to that amen to Cheers. that you're gonna have that voice the whole time okay let's do this yeah, let's do it oh that's a big shot Lamar. Mm. it is a big shot bye-bye Lamar. it's okay and I, i'll take another you trying to loosen me up you know i'm already loose yes oh <laughs> should i put on my headphones for this okay mm-hmm. you know what i actually yes Brian, I'm so excited for you to be here. Um, when I had a, maybe I had my headphones on backwards. <gasps> Hello? Oh, I sound amazing now. Oh, so you guys, you I'm, a, I'm a simple bitch. I had my headphones on backwards. <laughs> That's why I couldn't hear myself. Um, so Brian, the show is called Humanized. Sure. Which he said, sure. <laughs> He's like, yeah, let's go for it. And the reason it's called Humanized is because we take larger than life people or larger than life topics and we humanize them. Okay. So there's no good guys or bad guys here. It's just human beings doing human shit. Okay. And the reason why I'm giving you that premise is because there's something so polished about you. <laughs> You're so polished. So we're going to lift the lid and see what's underneath. Uh-huh. Why, why, <laughs> I love the way that you were looking at me like, girl, what are you getting me, me into? I promise you, Ryan, it's not going to be nothing crazy. What's underneath the lid? I mean, uh-huh. we're, gonna, we're about to find out. We're about to find let's out. To it. So before we get started with who you are, because I think a lot of people who are going to be listening to this already know of you. And yeah, if so they we don't, skip, we skip over that. No, no. I still <laughs> want to talk about who you are. I want to talk about hot topics real quick. Sure. First thing I want to talk about is the social media outage. Mm-hmm. Um, did you weep in the shower for six hours until Instagram came back? How did you deal with the fact that there was no social media for half a day? Listen, I, I, people get to just be their real selves, their real selves for the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, it's cool. But I, I, I think it was indicative of, of 
the, everyone's response to it is indicative of where we are in society as it relates to hmm, social media. You know, I mean, people, some people were losing their shit. People, no, I saw people literally questioning their life choices. Exactly. Because were you hitting refresh for the whole time? Mm-mm, nah, I, mean, I was like, ooh, I ain't posting in a while. This is then this is confirmation that I need to keep on what, what I'm oh, already doing. Oh, I love that for you. I work on the internet, mm-hmm. so I was like, does this mean I'm off? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm the type of person I like the way my life feels versus what it looks like, but it's oh, a, I love that. it's sometimes a challenge because what I do requires me to be social in public, but then also on social media. You mm-hmm. know, so like we host this amazing event, and I've posted like once since then. You know, because I'm just like I'm still. Are you an I'm introvert back. on the low? Low key, you might find that under this under this hood. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna definitely get under the hood. The name for that is ambivert, by the way. No, I'm not I don't think I'm an introvert or amber. I'm I'm really an extrovert. You're but, really an extrovert? But when I'm too when I'm in my shell, I'm in my shell. Because I swear to God, like when when you're not being behen, right? Because sure. to me there's two people. There's behen who I see at the party, I'm like, oh wow. And then there's sweet, thoughtful drinking wine at my house, Brian. So who's Behan? He's a he's, no he's a ratchet. B- no, he, he's he's <laughs> look at look at Lamar. Lamar's no Behan is like a firecracker, right? Brian is like curled up, <laughs> like you you want to hold you to your bosom and feed you wine. Like it's too different. <laughs> there is, yeah. That guy on stage is, is <laughs> look little, at Lamar. Lamar's literally crazy. pantomiming who Behan is. So, oh Sophista boy, Ratchet. Ratchet. How do you feel about being called Sophista Ratchet by by the PA over here? You know, you just do it. You get it how you live, you know? If you had to force rank, which version of you is your favorite? Because we're, we're all layered. Is it the curl up in the couch drinking wine, Brian? Or is it the... No, I love both both versions. You know what I'm saying? They both serve their purpose at different times. You know what Right. Do you think people have like a misconception about you, though? Because if I hadn't met you personally, the Brian that I see, I don't think I would have perceived seeing you out and about for sure like most people think that my persona when i'm performing is my persona all the time they expect me to be a lot more <clears throat> turned up and lit on a consistent basis and right. if i'm not on stage or or and djing and performing in some capacity i'm super chill and I that's what that. people misunderstand all the time they think Outside of that, that my life is a whole party. And like, now nah, I'm actually not going to the parties. You know what I mean? You're not. Because I've tried to invite <laughs> Brian to parties. And he's like, when you want to like chill, let me know. And then it also depends on who's hosting said party. So That's true, too. You know? Ooh, a little shade, but I like that. A little bit. A little bit of shade. The thing I like about Brian is he's a cancer. Um, and uh, when I was five years old, minding my business on the playground, barely learned how to speak English yet because I just got to this country. Speaking patois. Yeah, a little cancer girl walked up to me and said, I like your face, you want to be my best friend? And I was like, okay. And we were best friends for like 20 years. (laughs) So I always love cancers because they always choose me and they're nice to me and I just have to be myself. So you being a cancer felt like cozy for me. We're left from the heart. You You guys really, do you guys can tell who's pure? Mm -hmm. And because of that, I never have to prove myself. For sure. And I mean, I'm at the point now, I used to, begrudge having feelings like why like why really? did why did god you give me all these feelings you know what i mean like i don't your want emotions them. be getting to you you know but what i've learned is that they're the compass they're like my gps and i don't question things from a logical standpoint anymore like if it feels right i do it if it doesn't i uh, don't so you're more intuitive than cerebral at this point in your life well i'm, I'm working to let go of that because you cerebral because i can get you have some heavy. type a energy very and as a fellow type a person who's also intuitive and that's a weird hybrid to be yeah i'm like no i feel like brian has bullet points in his head too oh all day that's why that's why i'm a little tardy getting here because i was doing expense reporting with the team of course you were of course because i'm like yeah we got expenses we gotta i'm so grateful for you for done. making time for me because i feel like no, when pleasure. someone 
um, is in your life, you have to pay attention to who makes time for you versus who has time for you, mm. right? And there are people who, if they have time, you'll see them because it's convenient. Mm. And the one thing I've noticed about you in the short time that I've gotten to know you is every time I've seen you, it's because you were making time for me. So I just need you to know that I see that and I completely recognize that. Are you blushing? Look at I you. can appreciate that <laughs> distinction. That's a, that's a good distinction. I, 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 I never thought of it that way. No, it's it's very intentional. And I think intentionality, <laughs> especially post-2020, mm -hmm. like we survived 2020. It's going to be in the history books. Okay. And we're going to be telling our kids, yeah, I remember crying. When, they, when there was no toilet paper left? No, I remember, like, I remember all the people thought they were losing it. And I'm just like, mm-hmm, talk to God. It's time. I actually really liked um, the time that we got to all be in the house. For sure. Because I was getting to the point where I was going out so much in L.A. I had just moved to L.A. that I was starting to become one of those Monday through Saturday out the house people. Mm. And I felt like I was on this Ferris wheel that was about to spin out of control. And then COVID made it stop. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, I needed that stop for me to like recalibrate myself. Well, I was one of those Tuesday through Sunday out of people. And I would take Mondays off like a barber or a oh, beautician. Oh, like, like a beautician, yeah. yeah. And But I would be on planes, you know, sometimes three different planes in a week. Still texting people, though. Cri yeah, crisscrossing, texting, communicating, not sleeping on the plane, working on the plane, and then get to the You do location. more on a plane than most people do at the office. Yeah. You were sending invites. You were posting promo videos. I'm like, is that the, the flight attendant behind I you, mean, right? I mean, I ain't going to say I'm a hustler, but You're if a hustler. I'm really passionate about something, I'm going to give all of my energy to it to the point that I'm depleted. So with all that being said, full circle back to the outage, mm -hmm. because you're in the space where you've been introspective and you're mm -hmm. a hustler and you're busy, when the outage happened, did you stop work and like meditate or did you just like keep on doing expense reports like nothing had happened? No, I was already on a little mini step away from work moment. I was down uh, in San Diego for two days because I just needed to step away from it all. I hadn't had a break in about six weeks, maybe longer. Oh. And so it was the first time I, in that period that I had slept a hundred percent full night and then got up with nothing on my mind. Doesn't that feel good? It felt amazing. I'm like, I want, I want this every other day. Oh my God. Having nothing to do for a couple of hours almost feels like sex to me these days. Like there was a time where Lamar fix your face. Okay. This is a grown show. Like <laughs> I wrapped up work at two o'clock and didn't have to start getting ready for the show until four 30. And I was like, wait, I have two and a half hours. Can you, can you, I want to borrow some of your time. I laid there for two hours and like was so in love with that. I was like, I need like a week of this. I need a week of not having anything to do. Okay. So we talked about the outage and a lot of people are saying the outage happened because of Mercury retrograde. Could do be. you believe in Mercury retrograde? Absolutely. Who doesn't in 2021? I mean, I think people don't understand what it is. You right. know, Mercury retrograde. Mercury is the planet that controls communication, technology, Absolutely. the way we think, the way we communicate. And so any planet that's in retrograde is simply going in reverse in comparison mm. to the normal axis around the sun. You better speak on Australia. I, I, that just got me really That was amazing. Usually people don't really understand what retrograde is. And you mm -hmm. know what I love about retrograde is, though? It creates the kind of chaos that forces you to see things for what they are. For sure. Like, imagine you go to somebody's house and the house looks perfect. And then you open that one closet mm -hmm. and everything comes falling out. They say your house ain't clean if your closet's dirty. Yeah, and the funny thing is, my closets are are clean, I have, but I have a, a a junk room. Oh well, same thing. I got a junk room too. Yeah, like it's so funny because my but friend came came over and he was and he was like, "What's in here?" And he opened the door to the junk room and he was like, na, 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 na. I think little clowns came out like he was uh, like, "What the fuck is it?" Unsolved here? mysteries was up in there. Are you really, really a, a big clean freak though? 
It's funny because I clean exceptionally well. Like even oh. I'm wearing this. I'm not. I don't, I'm not supporting stolen valor at this moment. Uh, this this jacket I have on this army jacket. My dad is 23 years retired military. Oh, that's amazing. So I s- somewhat feel like I've done my time. I've served my country. <laughs> no, but uh, you know this is his jacket, and my brother and I we. We took it from him, and we we wear it from time to time. You guys take turns like the, the <laughs> yeah. traveling pants? My younger brother and I, we take turns wearing it. But, um, no, it's, a, it's an homage to him. But because my pops was 23 years Army, like, mm-hmm. we clean like. Oh, you're one of those. He was a drill sergeant when it came down to cleaning. So I know how to clean exceptionally well. But I think that in my oh. rebellious spirit, of <laughs> now that I'm grown, grown, Stuff would just be. I'm, I'm the type of person. I live all over the house. Like oh, so you have the ability to be a neat freak. You just choose otherwise. I have the ability to be Mister Clean, and when I clean, I clean better than anybody. You probably clean better than me. I do. Well, damn, Brian, you're supposed to be like, no, girl, you look nah, like you clean I'm really t- well. I, I'm not to say that you don't clean really well, but you don't clean better than me. For those of you who can't see me today, <laughs> I have a head wrap on. I look like Erica Badont. Maybe not. <laughs> right? <laughs> you would think that I look like the typical like DC girl who with the big hoop earrings who can clean the house and fry the food. No, I'm going to tell you right now, I was one of those kids who would sit around reading all the time. Mm. And my mother would be cleaning around me. It wasn't because I was dirty. I was just too busy reading. Mm. I was always in my head daydreaming. So your mother said, you're not going to be domestic. You're going Get in these books, baby. She said, you're going to be an administrator. Yeah. Clearly, She always said that because she was like, you're not even lazy. You're just always in your head. Hmm. I lived in my head. Were you a dreamer as a kid or were you more of like a workhorse? No, I'm very much a dreamer. But I think now I see it's a combination of both. I'm, I'm the that. dream. I'm the dream catcher. Like if I'm dreaming something, I'm going to go out and get Wait, it. is that bars? Bro? I'm, the, I'm the dream I mean, catcher. I feel like you. Did you rehearse that? Nah. <laughs> He's like, she asked me about dreams. I'm going to tell her. Mm-mm. All right. We're about to get into these questions. So anybody who's, who's listening to us, Brian said that he was unmoved by the internet going out. Uh, Zuckerberg might have lost $7 billion, but all he got was some peace. Mm-mm. Were you in San Diego alone or did you have a friend with you? I went with one of my homies. He had to pull me out of town just to relax. The fact that your friends look after you so well. They do. You know, that's the do. first thing I noticed about you. I was like, his people really take care of him. I ain't him. no front. I put my people against up against anybody. My friends they went against are my the people. <laughs> best people in the world on the planet. Like I'm extremely Aww. blessed to have amazing friends. Like, Is this something that you got from staying in one place for a long time, and then you were able to like get an aggregate of friends, or have you accumulated them from being different places? Well, I think it's the direct opposite. Like being a military brat growing up, I didn't mm. ever stay in one place, and I think when I got to college, like I over indexed and. I finally got friends that we're going to be together for Makes four sense. whole years. Aww. And so, you know, a lot of people say, oh, my friends from school is like, nah, these are my friends right now. You know, and a lot of them have transitioned to L.A. And then I've been in L.A. over a decade now. So, Jesus, you know, we're going to get into the whole I'm, L.A. thing. I'm an OG in these streets. I'm not. I was here for about 25 minutes before COVID hit. I literally was like, but, Yo, you, su- but you survived. I did. Although, you know, what's so funny. I'll go to an event and be like, why do I know 60 percent of the people here? I don't know anybody. Did you pop in? You know what? I'm going to receive that. I Usually I'd be like, no, stop it. No, I'm going to receive it. Okay. My new thing is now, if anybody says anything nice to me, is to fight the urge to push it away. No deflections. I am the queen of deflecting a compliment. I've been there before. That meant you, that not only that you didn't receive it, but you didn't believe it, which is why you couldn't receive well, it. Well, here's the thing. I went from not believing it to believing it to being penalized for believing it. Why? why because was I was around people who uh, judged abundance. Haters. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, I don't you know. 
Is what it they is. were haters. I, ca- I call them loyal fans. But because I got to a point where <laughs> me liking myself was a threat to people, I was like, mm. well, I got to hide how much I like myself. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I've stopped doing that. Because I realized that anybody you have to hide for, you probably shouldn't be seen by anyways. For sure. What All it- right, so Brian, you ready for these questions? I'm ready. Let's get it. First one is, Da-da-da-da. who is Behen? Uh, Behen mm-hmm. is a moniker. Behen, actually, we, we worked to put him to bed about <laughs> almost... 20 months ago uh, at, the t- at the top of 2020 um i performed as behan for about 10 years and then it was always something in the back of my mind like yo like i'm being a truncated condensed version of myself oh that's deep and it was a name that was given to me in undergrad because it was two brian's and they got tired of being confused of who's oh who. so you were behan just to make it easy that makes sense to make it easy they started calling him his last name and they calling me behan and when i took on djing as a crab it just made sense let's go with my nickname but um, the truth is, when you're operating on a condensed version of yourself, mm-hmm. you know, that's not really shining your light as brightly as possible. And so mm. Brian Henry is more than just a DJ. That is, you know what, Brian? I feel like you are the perfect person to work in PR. Your answers are so perfect. I made it a point to, like, not want you to know too much about the questions. And you're like, pew, 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 hitting the back of me. All right. So if, if Behan is a condensed version, for those of you who don't know, there's something called the, the, the Behan Block Party. Mm-hmm. Everybody in LA, literally everybody in LA knows about this. About 1,700 people at our last event. I feel like those numbers are conservative because everybody, (laughs) (laughs) that's not counting people who were at home or who couldn't sneak away from their their partners. Everybody in LA knows about the Behan Block Party. And like this party has become like this huge family reunion. Yeah, for sure. It feels like when you go there, you're having a great time, but you're gonna run into about 30 people that you know. Even a newbie like me, Mm -hmm. left and right, how did that happen? Like, how did you even come up with making the block party a thing? Oh, you know, I'm from the East Coast. I'm from Baltimore. And Represent when you get, DMV. You know. Area. And then you get out to L.A. and obviously it's extremely different. Oh, child. And what I noticed is a lot of people were intimidated by the process of going out in nightlife. Mm-hmm. You know, girls were concerned about the dresses and the heels that they would need to wear or how they need to present aesthetically. And then the guys felt like they had to spend racks on racks on racks to get in. And so I want to do away with all the things that separate us, the, the sections, the VIPs, the guest list. I want everyone to be equal because me, all of those things that separate us don't really represent music because music is love and music conjoins. It brings us together. Amen. And so uh, it was it was created out of the desire for that. But then also <clears throat> a venue manager told me I couldn't play hip hop on my birthday. Oh, I'm like, oh, she's like, oh, you can bring all your people, but you can't play that track. And I'm like, I'm not even a trap DJ. But what the fact was that, the the mindset behind you not being able to play a, a, a whole genre? I don't know. Not even like one band R. Kelly song, but a whole genre of music. I don't know what it was, but that was the impetus for me to be like, nah, I'm cool. Because you can't necessarily yeah. want our numbers and, the, and our attendance and our money, but mm-hmm. not want the fullness of who we are, our culture. So that's Here's how the, the thing. block so, party was started. The block party. Yeah. Uh, what is the 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 page that they can find on Instagram for those of, who are nosy and living under a rock? It's at B H E N Block Party. Now this party's not just in L A. Mm-hmm. It's been to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's been to D C. Mm-hmm. I feel like at some point you're gonna be like, you're coming to Zambia. <laughs> I feel like you're 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 going everywhere, right? And I and the one thing that is the first thing that you see when you're new to it, like I am, is the fact that every group at the cafeteria is there everybody usually yeah. there's like the gay kids the cool kids the the you know the illuminati kids the weirdos like the jocks the, the jocks, pretty girls the, like you have the, everybody at listen. the cafeteria forced to sit at the same table and i love that because was I, that on purpose absolutely you know um i think that 
people, we often think there's a lot of things that make us different. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, those differences aren't as vast as we imagine them to be. Yeah. And that's why music, they perpetually say, is the universal language because it, it it brings us together. You may be a Jewish guy from upstate New York who went to, you know, I don't know, boarding school your whole life. But if we both are jamming on this future track or this Cardi B mm-hmm. or this K Trinata or this Marvin Gaye or whatever the track might be, all the things that we think separate us don't really exist on the dance floor, you know? And so I'm happy that the the event represents all aspects of culture and i mean particularly speaks to the african diaspora just everybody speak about the diaspora because one of the things i loved was that i heard Afrobeats, i Mm -hmm. heard trap Mm -hmm. i heard a little bit of brazilian i was like oh we're all here by a funk yes like i love that because we're because because we're not a monolithic being black people we're not just all one way you know whether you come from the east coast west coast whether you're from west africa or just anywhere like even i most recently went to brazil for three weeks it's supposed to be a two-week trip was that was that when you were visiting Dave? Yeah, yeah. Our we have a mutual friend. Dave. Dave is the Dave. Clive Davis. I'm gonna look into the camera for this. Anybody <laughs> who likes anything that I do in digital media, the way Clive Davis discovered Whitney Houston, David Wilson is the only reason I'm doing digital media and not still working acad- academia. So I love you, Dave. Like he literally started my entire career, At the and Rio. he's your fr- yeah, and he's your friend. That's like, my buddy. That is so crazy. And 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 Dave is such a good person that me knowing that you guys knew each other, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so Brian has to be in my life because Dave approved. And there you go. That's and that's how the circle when you talk about all these friends that you run into. Right. Because then I, you start talking about people that you knew, and I was like, wait, I think I kind of know that person. Mm-hmm. And you were like, okay, we have to be family now because we have like seventy people. In- exactly. That's, that's crazy how that works. Time. But I think. You know, we talk about six degrees of separation. Obviously, black folks like is three far, degrees. It's less than that, you know. And then with social media, and then just the connectivity, you know. But like going to Brazil, Dave's the ambassador for Black Americans coming down to experience yes. the the Afro Brazilian experience. And I have been listening to Baie Funk and Bossa Nova and different genres from Brazil for years. But to actually go down there and oh. experience how, you know, Afro Brazilians dance to it, mm-hmm. like that was shit. When I got back, I'm like, oh, I gotta. I would I would put it in my sis here and there, but like no, it's a it's a standout moment. You gonna hear this now. I actually have uh I'm planning to go visit Dave soon. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think I, it was during your set, and I was like, I think this is Brazilian music. Because mm-hmm. I had an ex who used to be obsessed with Brazil. Yeah. And so I've learned to like kind of hear it and kind of recognize it. And I was like, look at Brian showing off for a quick second. I love it. It makes you move your hips. It makes you it really move, does. move the waistline. You know? And you know, I, I'm Haitian and Cuban. My people were very big on hips. Absolutely. And one of the cool things that Dave taught me while I was down there, because I was, because I, you know, initially would confuse uh, Bra- songs from Brazil mm-hmm. with Afrobeats. Oh, okay. What he, what he explained to me is that during the transatlantic slave trade, when Portuguese colonized Brazil, you know, and and uh, our ancestors were brought over from Africa, uh, European settlers who brought our ancestors over to to North America, they got rid of everything. Whereas uh, Europeans, colonizers who brought us over mm-hmm. to South America, they liked our drums. So they allowed us to keep our drums. Oh, wow. So, so the drum pattern... And, and the beats per minute is similar to Afro beats because, you know, in the Brazilian funk, they were able to keep the, you know, it just, you know, it, it stuck with us. Whereas like, oh, you know, in, in the rural South, we, right. we clapping and, <laughs> and it's a different type of soul because we didn't have the same tools. We didn't have, we didn't have our drums. Oh, so that's like the part that remained. Okay. You know what I love about Brazil in particular? Mm-hmm. Back in the nineties, they used to have like 
Pharrell and Jay-Z videos, like, you know, and they would have, like, songs Beautiful. where... That's exactly the song I, I was just, thinking. Mm -hmm. And you saw a certain kind of Brazilian girl. And I remember this guy one time was like, you know, I want to get me a Brazilian girl. I was like, then you should get on the bus in D.C. Because Brazil has the highest capita of, like, black people outside of, like, Nigeria. Yeah. It's actually yep. the blackest place on earth outside mm -hmm. of Africa. So, Which, which is... A, how incredible is that? So when people think about Brazilian girls, are you thinking about me? Because they look like, like, it's black girls. You know what I mean? It's but black you know. people. And I, and I think... Dave wanting African Americans to go to one of the blackest places on earth, mm -hmm. like Baby Wakanda is what I call it, mm -hmm. to recognize that we are everywhere. We are. And I think that's powerful because yeah. so much of our story has been, you know, taken away from us and we're, yeah. we've always been made to feel less than. But when you see our people who speak a different language but still are, have similar struggles or similar you know, things that we've overcome and, and how beautiful we show up in different environments, different countries, different places. Like, it's empowering for me. And so the least I can do is make sure I bring back music to that experience here in the States. I love that. And I, and I always, like, say to my African-American friends, like, don't ever use the term normal black because this happened to me a long time ago. I had just moved to D.C. What that, what that mean? Oh, yeah, it pissed me off. I, I had just moved to D.C., and I was talking to somebody about something, and I had, used to have dreadlocks, and I cut them off. Or locks. Yes. We, we'll get into that conversation. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I cut them off, and within like a year and a half, my hair was back. Like, it, was, it grew really fast. Mm -hmm. And instead of saying, oh, thank you, know, that's great that you knew how to take care of your hair, she was like, oh, your hair grows fast because you're Haitian and Cuban. I'm just regular black. No. And the rage that filled me, and I said, what the fuck is regular about being black? Mm -hmm. And she was like, no, you know, I'm not exotic. I'm just regular black. It's like, please... Stop saying that. I'm from a different country, right? Mm -hmm. I had to come here and learn African-American culture because it is a culture. It is. It's a real culture. And it hurts my heart when my African-American friends think that they don't have a culture at all. Well, I mean, that it, was it hurts my heart. It was systematically designed that way. Exactly. And so I think something about my African-American friends when they travel and they come back and they mm -hmm. realize all the tentacles that connect them to the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, this, I took her out of the country. I like literally the next time I traveled, I was like, you're coming with me. Mm -hmm. And she came back like, with, she was like, okay, I'm not regular black. There's, yeah. there's no such thing. Because there's no exposure to the macrocosm. You just see your micro experience. But when you get to travel, you mm -hmm. realize you're, you're one micro of the macro. You see the bigger picture. You go to Ghana and everybody looks like you. And you're like, wait a minute, what? And I went to the Great Return to Ghana too. So and that was my first time in West Africa. And of I was course like, you did. You're everywhere. Wow. I'm very blessed. You're like MasterCard. You are everywhere. Now, we were talking about two degrees of separation. Sure. Now, part of that in L.A. is dating. Mm-hmm. Oh, child. Maybe after 10 years here, you can help me out. Baby, da, da, da. Dating in L.A. is different. What happened? Yeah, Lamar said he just leaned in when he heard dating in L.A. Mm -hmm. I just my phone at the right time. Now, you know, there's different cross-sections of dating in L.A. Mm -hmm. There's socioeconomic cross-sections, mm -hmm. there's race, there's gender, and there's sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. As an Afro-Cuban, non-racially ambiguous, black woman who's pansexual, mm -hmm. technically speaking, I should have a great time because I should be able to date everybody. Mm-hmm. I came to L.A. and I was like, oh, I get like four people. Like, it's very interesting in L.A. dating because, number one, finding black people who date other black people apparently is a thing out here. That's not as much of a thing as people try to make it. But, well, uh, but, I, but I have words for that. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So for me, I actually have been in spaces where I've seen a bunch of beautiful black men and women and been really excited and then found out that they very exclusively want either non-black or non-black presenting partners and that was i was like you know what that's a certain crowd that does that sure then i went to lamar park and i was like oh there's people here who like black people too and i got really excited that's why i love lamar park shout out to that whole part of la you guys gave me hope again yes um but then also I, I realized that there was a thing here too about status so a lot of men here um who 
are masculine presenting and feel like they have to be providers feel a way about not having enough money to date. Sure. Because affordability for dating in LA is very different than what other places. You walk outside the house, you sneeze, you spend a hundred dollars in LA. I've realized that if I leave my house, I'm losing three hundred dollars. At least that that is not in, you're going to. I, you, that's I become cannot, my my number. It's hard to leave the house and not spend a hundred dollars in L.A. I, my, like if I go out, to, if I leave L.A. and I want to spend time with another human mm-hmm. and I want to in any way interact and have the time that I want, me behaving is about three <laughs> two seventy five. I've literally every I'm like okay, so two seventy five is like my I'm trying to be decent. What the hell in D.C. twenty bucks I could turn up for three like a weekend. I mean, it's a different it's a different thing. You know, we're we're way on the West Coast. So what that mean? Export transport, <laughs> getting things over here like it costs more. So, so explain to, the avocados are more expensive, so I got paid three hundred dollars to go to the club. What, okay, so Ryan, <laughs> explain to me. Sure. What has dating in L.A. been like for you? Mm-hmm. Because you sound a lot more optimistic. I'm very optimistic. Oh, you're one of those. Okay, that's beautiful. Well, I you think, sound very optimistic. Explain think, it to the rest of us who are crying. I think anyone who's concerned about dating has to understand the intricacies of L.A. and the West Coast as a whole, right? Okay. So you remember that game? Well, maybe I'm not sure what grade you moved to the states in, but <laughs> right. there's this game that used to make us play in what? Oregon Trail. You know, I I've heard of that game, mm-hmm. and my generation, I'm, I'm the Oregon Trail generation. I think you are too. Yeah, for sure. And we're called the lucky ones, by the way. Please look this up. And this is a small tangent. There is a meme going around about how there's a generation that's lucky because they've saw the analog and the digital at the same time. That's definitely us. Um, we uh, but check it. The '90s babies are trying to appropriate it. Mm. Stop doing that, y'all. You stole you stole our generation. <laughs> it actually anybody who's born between 1975 to about 1985. We are called the lucky ones because I, I think it goes deeper into like ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, maybe. but but here's the thing though, like they call it the Oregon Trail generation, right? Mm-hmm. Because we got to see things phasing out of the old way and phasing into the new way. For sure. So for me, I want to know what is it like for someone who's not twenty five? Sure. In I, particular, no. Well, to that analogy, the Oregon Trail. You know, I don't even fully remember the game, but I remember learning that coming to the West Coast was all about a gold rush. A lot oh. of people left their families in the South and the East Coast in pursuit of riches. Mm-hmm. And that's a, if you're, if you're confident enough and bold enough in that era prior to anything digital in terms of communication to leave your entire family structure, mm-hmm. that's a very individualistic pursuit. True. And I think that culture permeates any, even until today. Uh, LA is the entertainment capital of the world. The Bay Area tech capital and, you know, Seattle as well. The entire West Coast, people, abandon or not abandon or they they make peace with leaving the family unit to come to los angeles and to pursue their individualistic goal i agree and so with that mentality the cohesion and collectiveness that we like and we love in the south and east coast isn't as present it's here but it's not the number one guiding factor when people move here so when you talk about men and dating you come out here you're like yo i gotta have a bag i have to be financially established before i'm willing to give my time in a way to a partner because I don't, I'm not going to feel less valued until I'm more financially set because that's my intention to come here. Dating was a tertiary benefit of the primary and the secondary benefits of coming here. You know? No, so here's the thing. I understand the reasoning. Mm -hmm. I still don't think it excuses the, the not dismantling it. Right. Because like, just because something has a reason for happening doesn't mean you don't get to evolve from it. Oh, and, for sure. And a part of me is sad because this is a land of transients who did come from the East Coast and the South now. Mm-hmm. And when we come here and we brought those values with us mm-hmm. and we're trying to build community, mm-hmm. but people have a, a chip about, I can't open up to you and be vulnerable until I can prove myself in X, Y, Z way that's external. 
Because mm-hmm. late at night at three o'clock in the morning when I'm having a bad day or my family member is sick or I need a support system, I'm not thinking about your FICO score in that moment. Facts. I'm thinking about what kind of partner are you? What kind of life are we building? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And the one thing I know from being around so many rich people is that you can make a million then lose a million in the same breath. Quick. Ask, ask Zuckerberg. He lost seven billion in a, in a couple hours. And so I think for me, the reason why dating out here makes me sad isn't because I don't understand why it happenings. It's because it makes me feel like there's so many missed opportunities where people are judging each other's representatives mm. when their hearts could have been really compatible. I completely agree. You know, yeah. it, it just takes you a level of awareness. And I, I'll I explain that to not explain it away. Yeah. But I think most people just aren't even aware of that. Yeah. Like the overarching, like, why did even someone even come here? And then, but you you're know, absolutely right, though. If you come to LA, you've left everything behind for sure to be Hollywood. Oh, my family quote. thought I was crazy, you know, but <laughs> it is what it is. Um, but then, coupled with that, in terms of black guys and dating outside their race, you know what I mean? Well, I don't have an issue with that at all, actually. You don't, because most times that's always the next thing. You know, mm-hmm, I, I, I look know. at it like this in terms of black culture hips, lips, fingertips, everything about a black woman is beautiful. You know what I mean? Speak on it. And then the same thing in turn, you know, so that's why some of our, some of our black women's attributes are then now seen, you know, cosmetically designed on other cultures, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the same. So so the aesthetic, the, the the voluptuousness of a black woman is in demand, you know, but it's the same thing in reverse. Black man and black dick is also in demand. It's great. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. Whether, no, it's whether, great. Whether, it's great. Whether you're heterosexual or homosexual or, you know, whatever. Or any sexual. In any sexual. I'm pan, pansexual, so I'm like, yeah, I'm all yeah. the above, yeah. And I think for a lot of black men who dated, who prefer black women, you know, or, or just have been accustomed to dating black women, when they get to a market like Los Angeles and they've never had a Venezuelan, Vietnamese, Chinese or array of different cultures. I think a lot of black men look at it like Baskin Robbins, Thirty One Flavors. I've never. I'm from Selma, Alabama. I'm from Detroit. But you I ain't know never what, even though? seen this before. This is where history comes in again, though, right? Because here's my pushback. I'm all about intention and direction. Sure. So if you intend to find love and you're running towards love, mm-hmm. I don't care what you end up with because that's your intention, your direction. Amen. If you are intending to find clout and are running away from your community. Now I have a problem with you. I agree with that. So there are black men that I know who very specifically will not date a black woman because they know that a non-black woman is considered a higher status symbol. They're who I have a problem with, right? Because I know black guys who, when, when you say, who do you date? If they say, I, I like beautiful women, I can, I can rock with that because you're looking for love. Mm-hmm. If you literally will date anything that is not a black woman mm-hmm. and you're running from your community because you think having a non-black woman is an exotic like arm piece that's very different than the guy who just happened to fall in love with a white girl that's very different to me completely different yeah and and again it circles back to point number one the individual individualistic pursuit of whatever my goal is if you attach you know the the woman on your arms as a status symbol versus a partner who's gonna i'm gonna love her and she's gonna love me mm-hmm. then you make different choices and i'm not here to validate those choices i'm here i think more so in, or just in this piece of the conversation to maybe explain some of it, whether right or wrong, to those who are disheartened by dating and to more or less accept it. And and, and when when you understand it, you can accept it and there's no room to complain about it so you don't have to energetically radiate dating isn't working. You can actually like, you know what? That segment of those guys and those people may not want to date me, but I'm amazing and I have opportunity to date other people who actually get it. Because a lot of folks yeah. just aren't woke enough to understand. I hate the term woke, but a lot <laughs> of people too. just aren't aware enough to get it. And I think it just understanding the, the parameters that are at play 
uh, will open you up to love that can come in a different way. Well, it, the funny thing is I only am attract like I only like who likes me, so I don't have these problems. Like mm -hmm. if you're not checking for me, I'm not worried about you to begin with. Yeah. I don't know if you know any Tauruses, but I know a few. We're very good at minding our business. Like you gotta come find us. Here's oh, you might know some messy ones. Yeah. You know, are they men or women though? We'll talk about this in a second. Both. But I mean okay. you, you mind your business, but you know everybody else's business. So are yeah. you minding your business? Yeah. Because perfect example. I was sitting in bed. My friend left my house to go hang out. Uh -huh. I had somebody call me and tell me everything he did that night. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't call her. I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't even interested, but she wanted me to know. So I think I don't know. I can't speak for other tourists, but people feel safe venting to me. Mm -hmm. So I know everybody's business without asking for it. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, that's that's interesting. I think for me, the issue, the only issue that I have, because I really don't care about what's happening in anybody's bedroom, but mine, is when those people are gatekeepers to the cultural norm. And then it's not just their business anymore. It's seeping into everybody. And now other people are having self-esteem issues or other people are being downplayed or other people are going to parties of certain celebrities who won't let a woman who looks a certain way in. Mm, because, is, that's trash. Yes. So for me, if it was only your problem, I actually wouldn't give a shit. Right. It's when it seeps into the culture and poisons other people who are minding their, their business where I'm like, oh, you've made your personal self-loathing stuff about status a cultural norm. And now me who's minding my business has to look at a man and be like, oh, fuck, now because it's mm. popular for you pretend like I'm not cute when you know I am yeah. I have to first suss out if you're one of those for like now it's become my problem right mm -hmm. if it wasn't my problem I don't think I would really care but there's a thing in LA I realized that the first time I talked to a guy regardless of who he is mm -hmm. I'm always like oh god let's see how much he likes himself in his community that's real though because I mean if you can't love and like yourself then he ain't got that much to offer you in the first place you, and he has a lot to prove yeah, and, and I mean people again, with a lot to prove move different. I don't say it to condone it. I mean, I actually agree with you in terms of like it's unfortunate that it's seeped into the culture. You know how many songs I haven't played in the past? You really? Know, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I eat the box because she light skinned. So let me get this straight. Oh wow, <laughs> yeah, artist, you telling me you're more <laughs> interested in 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 having oral sex with a woman because she's of a certain complexion in comparison to another one? Like that's just that's toxic. Yeah. It's sick. You know what I mean? It doesn't really, that that's a reflection of how it seeps into the culture for those who aren't aware enough to understand it. It's entertainment coming from their point of ignorance. Some people, it brings up a new generation of guys who then perpetuate that. So Who say things like, I need to find a girl as light as possible to wash them in the black out of my bloodline. I'm like, that's not about love. That's terrible. <laughs> that has nothing to do with love. So for me, anywhere love is, I won't judge it. Yeah. But anywhere I feel self-loathing, mm -hmm. even if it doesn't affect me, as somebody who just loves love, mm -hmm. I get sad. Like, damn, mm -hmm. you could have had somebody really amazing and you made up this reason not to give them a chance and it's not even real. Mm -hmm. It's something that you were told to make up in your head. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. When you are dating, yeah. what is... And we're about to, this is us lifting the lid. Come on, lift the lid. Oh, okay. What is something that makes you say, huh, I want to lean in. I'm intrigued. You got to be smart. Nice. If, if, you, if you're to be my future partner, you have to be smart. It, what they say, beautiful gals. <laughs> I want everybody who's watching on Patreon who can see Brian's face. I think he had a mini moment. Yeah. <laughs> you were sapiosexual, huh? You got a little aroused right now. Too. Nah, bro. <laughs> Brian, oh, that's did, Brian, Brian blinked at half rate. <laughs> His breath got shallow. It turns me on like to under, like you can't, if you're dumb as rocks, oh, I don't snap. care how fine you are. I'm going to be looking at you like, yo. Like what happened? What, 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 you know, my mom just never, my mom just, didn't allow the fact that you may be handsome to 
give you a pass on not mm-hmm. being aware or knowledgeable. And Brian is handsome for those of you who are not <laughs> watching the video. That was him saying, my mother knew I was pretty and she told me it but wasn't enough. It was, but it wasn't highlighted in my household. It was not a thing. Really? When did you no. find out you were good looking, Brian? I, <laughs> Somebody tell you in college? Probably in college, yeah. I knew it. No, for real. You like, were the I cute nerd that in the Netflix movies? Like, I didn't know I was hot. No, it wasn't that bad, but it was just like, it was never valued in my household. So I, even to this day, I don't walk around like, yo, I look a certain way, so I expect this, that, no, right. like... It was about the integrity of who you are and the fabric of your character and how you show up, you know. But like, if you're smart, if you're intelligent and you're putting that intellect toward great use to create value, not only for yourself, but for other people. Oh, I love that. I'm leaning in. Like, hey, what's your name? (laughs) What you doing I feel like you've practiced that. I mean. I feel like, (laughs) you know what the funny thing is? I used to think that I needed smart until I met somebody who was smart but wasn't civically engaged. Mm. And me so being like, a West Indian like a woman, smart. yeah, like I like the thing about being West Indian and coming from a Latin American community is that like community is like important like for survival, for sure, right? Like where I come from, if your community doesn't have your back, you might not make it. So for me, there's something about emotional and physical safety that I associate with being civically engaged and making sure the tribe is okay. Mm-hmm. And if you are brilliant and it's only self-serving. Mm-hmm. I actually have the complete opposite reaction to you. Like, oh, mm-hmm. so you don't know who's going to eat. Mm-hmm. I, it turns me off. about the tribe. Yes. But here's the thing, though. I, mean, I meet a lot of men who say they want a smart woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, this is great because, you know, I got smart woman problems. This is wonderful. We're going to jive. And then we have our first disagreement. Mm-hmm. And I realize that it's cute when it's facing towards other people. Mm-hmm. But when, I, when I'm saying, actually, there's a hole in that argument. And they're not used to anybody being able to keep up long enough even find a hole for them that's just ego it is ego and so my question is like are you someone who's had an ego death because i realized that my life didn't change until i had an ego death where i was like "Ooh, what part of my ego is overinflated and needs to be balanced i don't believe in having no ego because that's actually dangerous yeah i believe in having a balanced ego so have i ever had an ego death where you had to like oh i'm a little full of shit i might need to make a lot of adjustments yeah, of course. I think, no, don't say that. There's people who die. Well, no, for sure. <laughs> Delusional. I think, I mean, I, I just, at a, at a younger point in my life, I was definitely more pop off. You know, I used to pop off you all the spicy, time. You were spicy, Ryan? I'm still spicy. <laughs> you are. <laughs> when I want to be. But I, but I realized that that was just a defense. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was a defense from not being as emotionally present or vulnerable as I could be. Yeah. And so it was, it's just, it was just a wall. And then I, at a certain point, realized that nothing and no one can hurt you without your permission. Oh, I love that. You you guys hear bars. I'm going to look into the camera. For anybody who is into ASMR, I feel like every time Brian answers a question, (laughs) we should be opening up a Coke can really slowly. Yes. So. No, no, seriously. Like, once you realize that you are the captain and you're literally moving, maneuvering the ship with God, you know, your source that that becomes a relationship that's most important mm-hmm. and that's where the strength is derived and it's like what goes on outside of me has less bearing of how i feel inside of me has that impacted what you're attracted to because I, I feel like after my ego death my my type changed a little bit yeah i mean i don't know like i i i I'm not gonna say so much it, it changed the type but it just it i think for me knowing that I needed to be more vulnerable, knowing that it actually benefited me to have these emotions, it makes me more interested in a partner who can handle that or who can be okay, present to sense. it. Yeah. You know? I used to quietly apologize for being smart. And I'm like, just stop dating dummies, girl. It's really no, that nah, simple. That ain't never, never going to be the case. Let me tell you something. I really almost slept with somebody. I slept with somebody who I would consider unintelligent or slow-witted. 
Like I think that's a, that's a, that's the legal. I tried it a few times. Oh, I tried it once. I think I got I got super. I really think it was contagious. What's the term they say? Flaccid penis. Yeah, like that was me. <laughs> I tried it one time. So what do you call it? Sapiosexual? Like if I'm not turned on from an, it don't got to be like yo, we what book we reading tonight? You no, know, that's I mean? like, no, that's performative. That's that's that. performative intelligence. Real intelligence shows up wherever in the street at the boardroom. It's wherever you see it, you know it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. And I, actually, I think performative intelligence is actually a big turnoff. Because if you need everybody to know you're smart that bad, you're probably not that bright. Right. I think oh, it just naturally comes out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a smart person who is not walking around saying I'm smart is the best thing because some mm. people really want you to know. First of all, if you have to say you're deep or smart, you're probably not as much of either as you think. At all. Or same thing when some people say, I'm so nice. Really? Are you? I have a... Okay, Brian, <laughs> I've made several videos about the word nice. Y'all know I don't trust nice people. We're going to get into that one day. I like compassionate people. Yes. Because niceness is all about likability and likability is performative, which means I am doing something that is pleasing to your ego in this moment mm -hmm. and therefore I am nice. Mm -hmm. Kindness is demonstrative. Yeah. Like you do kind things. Mm -hmm. Compassion is the best of both, right? Or it's like doing something for versus from. I yeah. Those prepositions make a big difference. And when you're compassionate, you're doing what's best mm -hmm. for the greater good, not what's best for the ego. Right. So I'm a deeply compassionate person. Your feelings might get hurt sometimes. Mm -hmm. But what I'm doing is because I love you so fucking much that I care more about your heart than your ego. So you like tough love like me? Yeah, but my tough love is always steeped in like, I don't need to be right. I just love you so much that even if you hate me, I want what's best for you. Whew, I've definitely experienced that a few times. Some <laughs> friends have hated me. But then in the long run, you know, it is no love in being right. So yeah. it's not a matter of being right because inherently that makes the other person wrong. It's just more so, you know, when you're genuinely operating from compassion and love for someone else, you can see them sometimes more clearly than they can see themselves. A lot of times more And clearly, so some yeah. of that, those words that you may share with them that, Sting in the moment, you know, it's like cough syrup. I say, I respect you enough not to lie to you right now. Facts. If I'm texting you and I say, hey, I'm about to keep it a buck, you know that my whole New York, DC, Boston, everything, my dick's coming out. Like, I'm literally about to keep it greasy with you, right? You're laying on the table. I'm laying on the table, like plop, <laughs> and it's impressive. You know, the funny thing is, though, I had to learn this because social intelligence is a kind of intelligence that a lot of us don't learn until later in life, mm -hmm. which means you can be right and still be wrong if you have no social intelligence. I think that Kanye experienced a lot of that. He has very little social mm -hmm. intelligence. And so the thing that I love is that, like, if the truth is a bridge, you're doing it right. Mm -hmm. The truth is a sword. Mm -hmm. If you're using the truth, the technical a, truth to cut somebody. That's a great analogy. So I'm like, are you building a bridge or are you building a sword? Mm -hmm. And if you're building a sword, I don't even want to hear the truth from you. Facts. Because it's fruit from the poison tree. It's like sometimes the most intelligent person in the room, you speak out of turn, you sound like a fool. Because you are. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. context really does matter. And for me, people always say, it's not what you say, it's how, how you, you say, say it. For me, I take it a step further. It's also why you said it. Mm, the intention behind it. Because I know some really tactful people who still have dirty intentions. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep yeah, it a yeah, buck. You, yeah, that's the part that you didn't ask me. talking about what I like in dating, what I, what I can't stand, pet peeve. Don't lie to me. Oh, we're about to get into that. Yes, I remember every damn thing. Two, two, a. Can fault. we toast to that? We sure can. Sal okay, let's let's Salud. let's toast Hold to on that. Now. I need the eye contact for that. Oh yes, <laughs> I, yes. Brian knows no eye contact is seven years of bad sex, and I don't think either of us could afford that. You know, once upon a time I dated a liar, and oh, it's, it's a, <laughs> that came out strong. It's a pet peeve of mine because it's like it. It not only does it destroy the foundation of trust, but it yeah. also like if I have to spend time navigating what was accurate versus what was false, that's time that could otherwise be spent loving you. Yeah. And I have to question you and your intentions and your motives and then for you not only for yourself, but what does that mean for me as well? Like it's it's just bad all across the board. Also, so I feel like if you loved me in the right way, 
my emotional safety is a priority to you. Mm-hmm. And when you lie to me, you're jeopardizing my emotional safety. On all fronts. Literally. Because if you lie about something simple, how you do one thing is how you do all things. I'm going to start questioning everything. Like, you lie about taking out trash. I had you... a friend recently said, he's like, I think I tell the truth too much. I was like, no, please keep no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> please. <laughs> I prefer an ugly truth to like- A just pretty a... little lie. Oh my God. And some of these pretty little lies are like, why did, like, you didn't, you, you didn't get you... anything from it. And what makes it worse is that people who lie were, in my experience, with with folks who lie, you have to create create one lie to make it for the other lie for the other lie, and at a certain point, your memory is not as good as me, as yeah. mine, rather. You know what I mean? Yeah, I also think it always comes down to image. Mm. People who lie for no reason just want to project a certain image, and they're a slave to that image rather than mm-hmm. than being a servant to the relationship. I feel like the the word cheating. When people think of cheating, they think it means sleeping with somebody else. I'm different because you know in DC, polyamory is really big. I tried it a lot, but it didn't work for me. I think that's just across the world. People just don't want to talk about it. Yeah, and here's the thing. But here's the thing that's really interesting, though. I, because I'm such a, a rare bird, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't think I do anything normal. So I'm probably not going to be able to be monogamous. And so I was actually poly for a long time and then had a monogamous relationship and realized that I'm a basic bitch who actually likes one person at a time. I know. I was so disappointed. What's wrong with that? No, because I was like, you know, I'm going to be like this polyamorous, pansexual, like, you know, Afro, like Cuban witch. And I was like, girl, take so much you won't... energy. No, I, but I had, that's the thing. That's why. I had to have the ego death because I had become a slave uh, to this image. peacock image that I had created as being other, right? Because other had been bad and I was a slave to making it good. Mm. And then I was like, girl, there's some simple things about you though. <laughs> there's some things about you that are real old school. Which is okay. That's okay, right? Yeah. Like now that I'm older, I recognize that. But 25 year old me seeing me now would be like, well, you want to get married and have what now? Mm. I-, I didn't want to settle down until like a year ago. Welcome to the club. Really? Congratulations. So you're at a place where you actually want to settle down. Um, I'm not gonna say settle down. Well, settle down is a is a S- tricky settle down, tricky build term. up, whatever. There we go. Build up, <laughs> build, invest. Yes. Um, you know, I strongly believe when the time is right. You yeah. know, I've I was previously in a long term relationship, and so I know what that looks like. How long was it? Too long. That means it was it was approaching double digits when you say that. Oh uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, you know, spending a lot of my twenties in a relationship. You learn what love is and I learn what love is not. Mm. And it's so important that, you know, the person who becomes your partner can help you, you help each other build something that's overwhelmingly beautiful. The whole world can see it as palpable. And if it's the wrong person, that person can destroy everything. And everyone also can see that. And it's not about what everyone else sees per se, but it's more so like, you know, why are we here? Are we here to build mm, up? And, that's a and great to, question. Why are we here? Because for me, love simply means to give. We make it about everything else, but love is an action verb. It simply means to give. Yeah. And I'm here to give to you, and I'm here to give to 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 receive from you. And the, you know, it's not, it's not always going to be fifty fifty. We get it. Trials and tribulations. It ebbs and flows. It ebbs and flows. But your intention has to be to give, and I think we're best suited to give once we've given so much to ourselves. So I'm still giving to me. You know, yeah. and and understanding what that looks like, and I'm soon approaching that time. Like soon yeah, I'm approaching ready. that. T- that's a very honest answer. Because mm-hmm. I would have said that. I, I mean, was, I'm excited. Like, you're ex- so you're excited I'm, about being in. Yeah. You know, what I realized because honestly, I feel like the world to get the best of me in that moment. You, again, from a distance, who you are up close is so different. <laughs> you see Brian on stage oh doing backflips and shit, and you're just like, <laughs> Hips you would not expect any of this. And I love what you said about love and being of service because I realized that um, I have the ability to be selfish in a very healthy way. Like, I always mm-hmm. recognize from watching my single mother put herself last that yeah. I could, and my aunt literally, I think, putting herself last killed her. Mm-hmm. Like, she passed away 
way too early. Exactly, because she just put everybody first. And so when you lose, and I say the word aunt, but she raised me, so she was like my first mother. Mm -hmm. So when you lose the person who's your maternal figure because she literally put herself last to her death, Mm -hmm. I think that's what taught me that I had to be selfish in a healthy way. And I Mm -hmm. wish the American language had a healthy version of the word selfish. Mm -hmm. But when I'm in love and I'm in a space of being full for myself, I suddenly find it to be like an honor to be a servant. Absolutely. Like I'm like, I have so much left over. Like, how can I serve you in this way? And so when I'm dating somebody who doesn't want to be of service, they think they're in love, but I know they're not. Because mm, they don't want to be of service. Yeah, I mean, but they, that's what yeah. it is. It's everybody can be great because everybody can serve. You can serve is, again, circling back to love is just to give. But when you step into a relationship expecting to receive, whether it's that status, mm-hmm. that highlight reel, that picture on the gram, we look cute together. Mm-mm, that ain't it. Statistically speaking, as of about two years ago, I don't know if the stats have changed, three out of four couples who do that are doing it performatively and are miserable. Mm-hmm. And they said that the happiest couples are those who sometimes even forget to post anything about their love. Because they're so busy loving each other. Can I? Amen. Mm-hmm. Like, when I'm having a great time, like, it takes me a while to be like, should I take a picture of this? I say, cue the church track. <laughs> cue the church track. Okay, cue Ryan, sure. I can't look into your eyes, though, because I'd be forgetting the question, so we're going to go to the next. <laughs> no, because you do this whole soulful stare thing, like, yes, Blue, and then, you know, love is, you know, a vowel and a W and a L. Like, and I, lo- I forget what I'm saying. <laughs> you guys, for those who do not have Patreon, this is the time for you to get it, just so you can see Brian's body language. Those of you Same OG. Who, who understand... <laughs> such a cat daddy those of you who understand body language understand that people who are fully present make me so giddy mm. because i'm the girl who gets in trouble for staring too hard because i'm fully present my mom was big on that she's like eye contact eye contact eye contact i've had girls and guys think that i was like trying to sleep with them just because i was making eye contact because you were making eye contact yeah like because I'm, I'm speaking to you directly yeah Maybe this tone. <laughs> Brian, you heard but, your voice. He's like, okay, maybe I can maybe, hear myself. You know, maybe. Right. <laughs> but no, like eye contact is important it unless is. you know that you're engaged, you're present. Yeah, I, I've actually, I've had relationships accidentally start because I made eye contact to be friendly and I didn't know what was happening. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like the you're Forrest Gump. I'm no, I'm the Forrest Gump of dating. Mm-hmm. We're, we're gonna have a conversation about that. Oh, for All right. right. So biggest turn on was someone who is intelligent. Biggest turn off was someone who lies. Mm-hmm. I want one more from each of those questions that is less cerebral and a little bit more ratchet and or down to earth. Biggest turn on and turn off the after dark edition. Hit it, Brian. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah, from the back of your throat, huh? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Being mindful of your physique, en- enjoying the temple that you're in, taking uh-huh. care of your temple. Taking care of your that, temples, that turns, turn on. That turns me on big time. And what's the turn off? A turn off. Um, and it can't be not taking care of your temple. It got to be something. No, 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 no. Um, just say what it is. Passive aggressiveness? Is that what you're saying? Or I, don't, I ain't going to give it all that. Just say what it is. <laughs> Keep it 100. It, it, okay. Just let me know. I'm going to let you know, so let me know. That may, oh. Don't convince and try. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> Brian's like all you, you all Brian's exes. Night. All the Brian's exes are gonna watch this. Like this motherfucker's talking about me. Like yeah, nah, nah, no, because nah, you, nah, you nah, seem nah, consistent. Nah. So I feel like the, the same things turn you off and on about all your relationships. And so there's probably like a theme. I'm not even thinking about any of my uh, my past relationships. Welcome dealing. to the internet. Everybody thinks you're talking about them even when you're not. Yeah, nah, I'm yeah, not. Yeah, not the hard way. I'm just thinking just in general. But like, just keep it a hundred. Like, yeah. if I, if if we're trusting our most intimate time with each other, there isn't anything that you can tell me that's going to make me run away. What you, mm. What's going to make me run away is that you didn't tell me and I had to find out. Keep it a buck. Tell yeah. me what it is. You know what I mean? I hate finding out about the person I'm talking to from other people. Yeah, tell me. 
Like I thought we, I thought we had a conversation. Why, why is so and so telling me? Third date, you can lay it all out onto me. All right. Speaking of third date, I like butt plugs. Okay, just say that. Just say what it is. Just say you like your booty touched, and we'll figure out if I I got got gloves. I got arrested for doing shoplifting. I don't just say what it is. Don't let me have to find out a later. So you still don't know what third date means? Nah, tell me. So the way is, this is an old myth. Lamar knows it, and he's a baby. I thought Lamar. This was like way before Lamar. The joke is always. I mean, Lamar's ratchet, so he know a whole lot of stuff. He's from Florida. Yeah, Florida is pretty. Yeah, Florida man. You guys, Florida man is in the studio with us. So the the, the gag is yes. Well, I'm Haitian I and Cuban, y'all. so I am Florida. Mm-hmm. Shout out to me because I'm the entirety of Florida. The third date is supposed to be the date where if you really like somebody, you feel safe to have sex with them. Without oh, see, being I didn't touched. even know what it was, and I just put it out. See, look, alignment. So when I say you smell like a third date, it's a- oh, because I'm coming in a hundred. Like I'm just giving you what it is. Like I mean, I'm me. But I think you being self assured, yeah, and securing who you are enables you to come to any dynamic expressing the fullness of who you are. And I mean, I get it. It's a journey. Yeah. It took me a long time to get to this point. Right? how old are you if you're, not, if you're not scared to say that? Enough. You know what? You Enough to get the job done? What you, you got for me? You know what? Brian's going to get so many calls after this. People going to be like, I don't know who that is, but I'm going to find his page. What's your page, Brian? Because you better get DMs. At It's Brian Henry. I-T-S. Brian with an I. Never a Y. Did y'all realize that he didn't even say I was wrong? Like most people, like no, stop it. He be like, well, it's at. <laughs> that would that would be me in denial, and I'm I'm just I love. Okay, so <laughs> I love you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love you for keeping it a buck because you have. No, pre- people don't be in my DMs like crazy. People think really? that people. No, nah, they don't. I Mm-mm. thought you would have been the wiki wiki DM king. Mm-mm. I think I think people know I carry myself a certain way, so I'm not responding to. Like I've you come off too out of all the years I've been on probably (laughs) all the years on social media I think someone sent me a a a a new pic one time oh and I remember because I was having a conversation with one of my homies and he was just going through his DMs like this one and that one and this one and that one I'm like really yeah I said nah people don't come in that way okay so I feel like I should come off pretty stoic because you know of the work that I do. But I've learned to not hide my real self, which is a lot goofier. Mm-hmm. And I'm goofy and naughty in real life, even mm. though I get paid to be serious. And I think when people... Bow, chick, bow, bow. <laughs> exactly. But I think because I'm so shameless about it, uh-huh. people are like, oh, she with the shits. And so they DM me as if I'm with the shits. I got it. Makes sense. I, don't, I wish it didn't. Well, I don't need to see your scrotum, sir, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I really don't. Yeah, there's a lot happening in my DMs. I was actually in a relationship one time, and he was like, you have to turn your DMs off if we're going to do this, because this is actually disrespectful to me. Uh, speaking of uh, boundaries and respect and all that, Brian, you mentioned something on your, your your stories, and this was the day that I hit you up, but it's only a coincidence. I already know what you're about to say. This is not why I hit him up, ladies and gentlemen, because this is how rumors get started, and you already think I'm nasty, and this is not why I hit this man up. I know what you're about to mention. <laughs> Brian posted on his stories that he was doing, oh my God, we're about to get into it. Something called semen retention. Okay. Oh, I didn't think you was talking about that. I thought you were talking about something else. Okay, cool. Uh-huh. Oh, I, I know there's something else too. There's, a, there's a, a B of this. Okay. He also mentioned uh, like a pop smoke clip and it said, <laughs> uh, said the question was, what's your, what's your, what do you like? What's your sexual orientation? And it said, if you sexy, I'm with it. And, and Brian, on so many levels, I have so many questions. Okay. Which one do you want to answer first? Because I'm titillated what, by it all. In the, in the words of my our unfortunately slain brother, Pop Smoke, we say, I'm a slut. Give me lit. I'm with all of it. Oh, Brian, and don't make eye contact when you say it. <laughs> That's what he said. That's what he said. So unpack I'm just, that. I'm just, I'm just quoting that. I'm just it quoting got that. warm in here. Unpack that, Brian. 
Listen, and I and I said this on the, on a subsequent story as well. You know, I'm gonna you know, drink I, some water. I find myself to be very spiritually in tune, and that's not holier than thou. Those two different things, but I'm gifted from my sacral chakra. You know, Same. your sacral chakra controls your creativity, your sensuality, your spirituality, and your sexuality. Yep. These uh, these characteristics are inextricably linked. So I'm naturally a creative. Everybody knows that. Yeah. So when you're creative. You pull, you pull, you pull into that those other realms of, of spirit to gain inspiration on a consistent basis, you know. And with that as well, is it's, it's just naturally tied to your sexuality. You're going like people who are creative like more than one thing. I don't care what they say. I don't care who it is. They can say, you know, I'm straight. I'm gay. Mm, nah, that ain't it. You know, you like a spectrum of things. You just may not want to admit it, but that's cool. That's on you. That was that was a very well quick answer i do I, i've always said that i think me being pansexual and me being um a witch by lineage and living the, the spiritual life that i live i think they're they're connected because mm -hmm. i'm so turned on by energy mm -hmm. that i don't get to like make it finite the way a lot of other people are you know what i mean like yeah. if i see an energy that's sexy to me what it's encapsulated in kind of comes later mm -hmm. and so i was like oh that's why yeah everybody got it in my 20s because i was like oh i like your energy let's sir ma'am them like i was like i just like your energy let's go wow, chicka, wow, wow. yeah so uh brian is saying that if you are deeply spiritual and you you want to touch a, a lot of things and that is all aligned which is interesting because when the europeans tried to whitewash our religion they mm. took the sex out of it right mm -hmm. and we became very puritanical but if you look at eight like ancient african religions they were deeply sexual and sexually fluid. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of us people who are sexually fluid are tapping into something that's actually really deeply into our DNA, and it's not an abomination at all. And those would be the people who, you know, our ancestors would go to in our community for healing. They were the seers and the healers and the medicine people. Absolutely. Like, even when you watch things about people in NOLA and you'll see, like, this androgynous mm -hmm. person who has all these spells, like, there's a reason for that. And that's why I say about sexuality all the time, like, any sexuality that's varying of heterosexuality it doesn't mean that it's wrong. I think colonizers made us believe that. Right. But in truth, there's a lot of power in having, uh, you know, being across the LGBTQ plus spectrum. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And we, those things were just stripped away from us. But historically, though, people within the, within the LGBTQ plus spectrum were the healers of the community. They were the seers. What am I saying? They're like, I'm not one of them. Well, I will say the pansexuals, we're the P at the very end around the corner. <laughs> they got us in the back. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm part of the LGBTQ plus part. You got to click the plus to find me. The plus. Yeah, I'm the plus part. But I, the, say, I say it's the alphabet mafia. It say, is. Uh, you know, we, we are the alphabet mafia we, because we, it's we like you, you, you can't say anything out the way about anybody across the spectrum and they're going to be ready to cancel you. Dave Chappelle just went viral the day of this taping for his new uh, Netflix comedy special where he said the baby shot a man in Walmart who died and nobody said anything. And then he talked about, you know, gay people and he got canceled. And now that's become like a very controversial clip. He's like, so you can kill a black man, but you can't talk about the gay community. And I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. I'll pet tomorrow. So like it is a very interesting conversation that we all unpack when you come back. Mm -hmm. But my subsequent question about your sexuality and, you know, <laughs> I love that quote so much. I really, that, that video was funny. Have you ever found yourself, because you're more open-minded than the average bear, attracted to someone that you that you totally didn't expect? You're like, huh, yeah. didn't know I like this flavor. Yeah. <laughs> you're smiling so hard. Oh, yeah. And I, how did that go? I already kind of pick up, on, I mean, you pick up on it. It's just, hmm. I just learned to allow it. Just let it be. Like, hmm, I think, okay. I think the, the issue I have for a long time is that attraction and attachment. 
And as I've gotten older, I realized you can be attracted to someone and not be attached to them for a long period of time. We can just be attracted to each other tonight in this moment at this venue. And then you peace out home and I'll peace out home and we may never see each other again. But allow the attraction. You're like just trying to like deny energy and that's that's nah that's yeah a, it, it so takes too much energy to deny the it was energy. a one night thing when it happened it was a it was a it was a it was a moment rather than no i'm saying it could be multiple moments where yeah. you're attracted to someone you yeah know? Just, but just allow it like if you if you're if someone piques your interest just allow yourself to look allow yourself to you know in my mind at times i'm like you know thank you you know thank you for him thank you for her you know what i mean thank you for who you are as a being Cause that's in this particular moment, that's what I'm attracted to, and just allow it versus like trying to fight it. No, 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 I can't, I can't. No, nah, this is you know that's so funny because I, when I was younger, um, was shocked the first time I found myself attracted to somebody mm-hmm. after the fact. Cause I mean, I used and, to be, and, used and, to be like, if I'm not attracted to you immediately, it's never gonna happen. And that's also, not true. the caveat also is that attraction doesn't always mean sexual attraction. I could just like your shoes. I could just like your swag, True. your persona. True, like but I'm nasty. I'm talking about sex, Brian. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm, well, talking sh- about, I'm talking about the, the pop smoke. I'm talking about the sex. Okay. Let's get- so, so, so look at Brian's face. He's like, this girl got me over here and gave me brown liquor. And right. So- I don't even, first of all, let's just talk about that. I don't even drink dark liquor. This is great. It's a setup. It is actually it's like a, a whole, it's a whole ass setup. Welcome to the show, Human Eyes. Nah, it's cool though. All right. Even Lamar's drinking. Like, so, no, so. I, I knew who I was dealing with. Thank you. First of all. Stay ready. You ain't got to get ready. Who do you, who do you I am Brian. Like, wh- what is your perception of me as my newest friend? Your whole self. You're your whole self. This motherfucker stays. Hey, are you gonna do your best to pull the whole self out of me? <laughs> the first thing you say, like, let's un- let's uncover some of these layers. Okay, all right, cool, let's do it. I feel like I'm playing tennis with Serena Williams. You say we got ten minutes. We're gonna see how long we got for real. Because mm. I need to get to the bottom of this. So, so like, I feel like I'm playing tennis with Serena Williams. You are so sharp, and I love that. Because I have to dumb myself down so much when don't, I talk to people. Don't ever do that. I never have to dumb myself down when I talk to you. Mm-mm. But then I but then I'm like, here's the thing. I, you know about astrology and we have a connection through astrology. For sure. Um and because my both my love sign and my rising sign, which is how you socialize guys, um, is Gemini, verbal like sparring makes me giddy, but then I get more mischievous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so she, what she said is that it's my fault. No, seriously, it's I'm like, oh, fault. he can keep up. <laughs> like, what can we do now, right? My mom was a Virgo, so I, I've, it, I get it how I live. Sharp with tongue. She had a mouth on her. Oh, I, my, my moon's in Virgo too. I'm like, when I tell you, it's wow. pew 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 pew. Like seriously, my boss used to call me that. It's a twenty-two. <laughs> it's a chopper. <laughs> it's a chopper. <laughs> so. I remember when I was younger, I met. I used to always say, if I'm not attracted to you immediately, it's not going to happen. And then I met someone. I kind of agree. I used to think that. Don't try to convince me to be attracted to you. No, no, no. It's just going to be annoyed. Well, this is the thing that happened. Nobody tried to convince anything. This motherfucker just showed up being amazing, but just not in the package that I expected. Oh, okay. And then like. So you had a type? It wasn't that I had a type. I just knew that I had never done that. Whatever that is, I had never done that before. Okay. And then six weeks in, I'm like, you so thoughtful and consistent and you keep it a buck all the time. I don't even have to say keep it a buck because you already there. You gonna give him some cookies out the cookie jar. I was like, well now I was like, well now I ha-, like literally this person's face started to change to me into whatever I needed to see. <laughs> and my question is, has that ever happened to you? Cause up until it happened to me, I never thought it was possible. Mm-mm. Brian's like, no, I know what it's like. Keep it a buck. It's a cool, it's cool. I don't, I don't, desire to be aggressed but i'm not the most aggressive huh it's a weird dynamic what in the hell i know right um 
I just like things to flow. So yeah, if, but it flowed though. It flowed. It, it like there was Man, no intention time, on anybody's part. I think we were surprised the first time we had sex. Neither one of us started coming. I was like, oh, because I'm so yeah. into my feelings. Like if I feel something off the rip, you know, it is. It is. It's it's a thing. You know what I mean? Maybe Whether you're more in touch with their feelings than I am. Then no, I, I think that that person, uh, you know, showed up for you and 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 gave himself to you and loved you in a way that you didn't know that you needed to be loved. That's yes. why. I, flip the light switch like wait a minute i was like i like this whatever this is i'm adding it to the list but yeah i mean i you know I, who knows who knows what's in store for me I, but that's never been my experience it's like look i can walk out here right now tomorrow and see something different your perfect date high-end and down-to-earth version when you say high-end what you mean like like you gonna spend a coin and it's gonna be what it is or the eh, it's 20 bucks but we're having an amazing time what's your perfect date my spending perfect, a coin and your perfect date no, like my keeping perfect it a- date is someone who can do both get you a partner who can do both because I'm from Baltimore again. Mm-hmm. I will very much go home and go to the corner sub shop, you know, and you get something like super uh, ratchet to eat. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I dated this girl one time and I took her home. And <laughs> okay, get comfortable, guys. This is this is and story time with Brian. In Baltimore, they had these things called chicken boxes, four wings of fries, they sure salt, do. pepper, ketchup. You, know? you, you never and got no mamba sauce on that side? That's DC. Mm-hmm. No, oh, that is DC. The mamba sauce is DC. I live Although, in DC. I got some mamba sauce in my fridge. I ain't gonna lie. Really? Yeah. I'm coming over to get some mamba sauce. Go ahead. I got you. Two flavors, spicy and just spicy for you. I ain't gonna get other. You know I like spicy. <laughs> I love that you know me. Go ahead. No, but like we were on my porch, on my grandma's porch, and she was like, "Oh." I don't eat chicken on the bone. Oh. And I said, what? And it was like a ripple effect. New, What's that commercial about salsa? New York City. Right, New right. City. It was salsa like a ripple, from New York City. It was a City. ripple effect from the porch <laughs> and the people who were on the porch all the way through the house. She said, she what? She what? What? She don't eat chicken on the bone. Is she black? Like, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> is if I'm dating you, you need to be able to, we, we going to go, you know, to catch and and spend a few few hundred dollars, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Catch LA, catch New York, wherever. But we also can go to the local hood shop and get something that's gonna be ten dollars that we know is unhealthy for us. Like you gotta be able to seamlessly integrate into both of those worlds. So it's not a per- perfect date that represents either or, it's your ability to do wealth for me. I love that. You and you and these perfect answers. Um, I, I think for me, my my perfect date high end would be traveling somewhere really exotic and different and trying things that we would have never conceptualized before. Like, I I think I went to, Okay. I was in the middle of rainforest Mm -hmm. and and getting a couple's massage and then the ladies left and we were still in the rainforest and that was a great date. I'll stop, I'll stop the story there. So, (laughs) so that rainforest date was amazing. Mm -hmm. It it was in the middle of Indonesia somewhere. Mm -hmm. But then my second favorite date was literally in the house with the fort like we made a fort in the living room mm-hmm. and just watched movies on a projector on the wall and like just like talked until three o'clock in the morning which is just as valuable and so now you make me think like my ideal or dream date or date that i am foreseeing like i've been blessed to travel a lot and i've now got to the point where i stopped traveling certain places i want to go because i'm saving that for my future partner me too so like oh me too one of my one of my dream dates is i want to go skiing in auckland new zealand Oh my God, that's very specific. Like to go to to New Zealand with my Kiwi folks, my Kiwi fam. And as somebody who actually has looked at that area, he picked the right month to go as well. He did his homework. And we're in the Southern Hemisphere. Mm -hmm. Like, I would love to do that. You know what I mean? That's dope. That, like, I've never been to Vancouver. I want to go to Vancouver and go jet skiing and do different things, but I've been saving certain places, just like, you know what? 
when that right person comes along. I think travel might be a love language. Oh, for sure. I think because I think for me, I'm always like, God, I've been to the right place with the wrong person. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many countries I feel like owe me a do-over because I brought the wrong Negro with me. Let me tell me. you, if I don't kick it with you in town, I'm not kicking with you out the country. The representative was in town. The real mm-hmm. them could, didn't I make it I need more time to know the whole person. Yeah, I'm the kind of person- you can't be three months like, oh, let's go. No. You got to know- We planned a trip on the second date. <laughs> for anybody who's listening, you need to know a man or you need to know a woman across multiple seasons before that's your woman or before that's your man. So you who, don't believe in knowing early? How long would it take you- I know you how for- I feel early, but who are you? Like, who are you when you're sad? Who are you when you're angry? Who are you when you're hangry? Who mm-hmm. are you when you get bad news? Who are you when you get great news? When someone passes away, when you get a job promotion, yeah. when your sibling or parent pisses you off. You know, like, I, I want to see the range, the the pieces and the makings of you. Because you got to know what you're signing up for. Because yeah. everyone who comes to a relationship, they're going to come as is. I, I will say that I've met some really lovely people. And the the one version of them that broke my heart and made it impossible for me to move forward was who they were when they felt I disappointed them. Mm. If you cannot show me kindness and grace when I'm not the shiny thing, mm-hmm. I immediately know I'm not safe with you. Because you're telling me I have to be perfect at all times to keep your love. Bingo. Yeah. I, I dated somebody for almost a year. I dated a Virgo like that. It was a Virgo too. It was, no, it was a Virgo Libra cusp. Virgos be, it's all about perfection. I know. Which by the way, perfection is just a glamorized way of being brutal to people because all human <laughs> beings are fallible. So if your version of living is perfection, then that means I can't be human. Facts. So like, yeah. The, the, I mind you, Virgos, I love Virgos. Virgo like, moon. I'm talking about I'm, myself. I'm a, I'm a rising Virgo. Right, right. So it's in we me. We both so got I, Virgo I, in our chart. We I had to it. beat the Virgo out of us. Into, no, <laughs> it's just playing. learning that, you know, perfection is just being present. Yeah. I, I, That's what true perfection is. When somebody that you love has seen you in a vulnerable moment and chooses judgment over compassion, mm-hmm. everything in me dies in that moment. Mm-hmm. Because to me, this is where you got to show me how much you love me and you chose that instead. Mm-hmm. I can't, that's a deal breaker for me. Yeah. I, uh, Virgo, I previously dated, he told me, he was like, yo, um, I don't understand why you don't have a body. Like, you should be, you should be <gasps> swole. You work for yourself. You, cre- you create your own time. You do, you manage your own schedule. Like, why don't why don't why aren't you like impeccable with your pecs? Like, wow. We're gonna pivot because I was just triggered. Yeah, I'm just saying. I, I will say too though too, and we're talking about types and and dating and all these vulnerable things. I will say that in LA, I had walked in very comfortable with my body, but knowing that this this land was built for a certain kind of physique. Yeah. But I didn't ingest it though. I, mm. I never once felt like I was less cute. I was just like, oh, there's gonna be a certain type of people who don't see how cute I am because they've been conditioned a certain way. That's not my bag, right? Right. I was surprised by how many men and women hit on me when I moved to LA. Why? No, because I I, I didn't. It's your energy. It that's what happened, that's right? Point blank period. And so I, for me, what... but here's the thing though about the energy thing. Number one, as someone who likes to get it in, you you're not fucking my like you you need to also be doing things to my body parts, right? Mm-hmm. So like that's great that you like my personality, but but the rest of me is gonna have to show up when it's time to get it in. Right. And I dated this guy who kept acting like he was proud of himself for dating a big girl. And I was like, oh. And then so one, but here's the thing though, I was being nice. I was like, oh, he don't know who he's messing with. I like myself more than he likes him, so this is awkward. So one day I was like, he was like, I don't understand why it's a problem. Because he kept on saying, well, you're not my usual type, but isn't it amazing? I was like, pause. Society tells you that you need a size two, right? Mm -hmm. Society tells me I need a rich dude with a big dick. Mm -hmm. We're both making concessions. Mm -hmm. I don't throw yours in in your face though. You see, you see the look you. I mean, that's the easiest way to check no. a man's ego. 
But here's the thing, because that's the easiest way to check a woman's ego. Like, you're trying to make me feel bad for liking my body because you're giving yourself credit in a very condescending way. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I was like, I want him to see for a moment what it tastes like. And when he made that face, I said, so pause. I think your dick size is perfect and I love who you are. But you see how you felt in those, in those, those five seconds. Five seconds of that, you literally curled up into the fetal position internally. I felt his energy. I'm like, imagine what it's been like for three weeks of you acting like you're doing me a favor. Mm. He never said it again. Of course he did. I also think I might have broken him a little bit. I don't think he ever bounced back from that. I don't think he ever. And he is no longer in the picture, ladies. He's and gentlemen. no longer. He has exited stage left. I'm very Kiki Shepherd escorted him out. If y'all know any grown men who like what it is and are not worried about what it ain't, tell them to call me. But no, like I really feel like two o two. Yes, it is a DC number. It is a DC number. It is such. Did you notice that too when I called you the first time? Of course. Time? Probably felt like home. Brian, oh God, we have to wrap this up soon. Okay. I just oh, realized that so we- So what did you want to ask me? Sorry. Like this is this, this is how Brian <laughs> ends up at my house for hours just talking because I could talk to you for hours because you're Likewise. so- You can keep up. I just love that you can keep up, which is a, a big thing in any kind of relationship that you have with anybody out here. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think friendships in LA are a special kind of beast. Yeah. Because this is the one place where friendship, DC is probably second, where friendship literally might impact your ability to eat. In a way that's very hyper. It does. Yeah, people like you. You eat. You, you eating regardless. If people don't like you, you not eating regardless. If you come to add value to the tribe, you eating. Exactly. All right. How do you want to be remembered as an ancestor? I know we're ending on a light note, right? <laughs> oh, that's nothing heavy. <laughs> that's nothing heavy at all. I want to be remembered as a light bearer, as someone who came to shed light on the world. You know, not only with my gifts and talents that have come from my ancestors, but just encouraging a light from the standpoint of encouraging others to tap into their unique gifts. You know, I think that you can't honor who God created you to be if you spend 10 to 12 hours a day doing something that makes you miserable. Mm -hmm. I think we're all innately gifted. And there's been so many cultural things that's been slapped upon us from birth that blind us to who we truly are. And I think our journey here on this earth is to discover who we are and then to go out into the world and shine from that lens and that light. And I hope that the light that I'm blessed to shine with encourages others to do the same with their life. Oh, That's how yeah. I want to be remembered. That's amazing. And then the last question, Jesus, like where do you even go after that? <laughs> Brian, this is amazing. This is this is like a mental gasm. Like for those of you who like great conversation, this might be one of my favorite episodes. If you had to describe who you no. If someone who loved you and saw you clearly had to describe you in three words, what would they say? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they mm-hmm. would. They would say <laughs> it would be three words. It'd be it'd be three descriptions. Yes, hit it. They would be like some of my friends have told me recently. They're like, "Yo, we don't know who we're gonna get." I'm unpredictable. A, I'm unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Um, in my best of moments, fun and joyful. Yes, very. Um, in my worst of moments, they be like, yo, he's so type A and anal and specific. Particular. 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 Um, those are some, I think, yeah, some things they would say. Wait, I think those might have been my three words. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so apparently me, They be right? like, relax, like, won't you? And I'm like, I am relaxed when I'm relaxed, but when I'm relaxed when things are, are it's a, it's, the it's, Virgo in you is strong. It is. It is. <laughs> the Virgo, my three words would be mm, mischievous, um, nurture. <laughs> I'm. This is me behaving. Mm-hmm. I'm trying so hard, Brian. You know me. I'm trying so hard to mm-hmm. behave. This is all camera. Mom, my mom's gonna see this, so I'm trying to keep it cute. Mischievous. Hey, mom. Hey, hey, family. Mischievous. Very nurturing. 
um, and clear. Clear. I be clear as fuck. I love that. It's a burden sometimes. Because mm-hmm. people create smoke and it's a cute show that I didn't buy tickets for. Mm-hmm. And I wait for the smoke to clear. I'm like, I, I still meant what the fuck I said. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I think we're, we're very similar in that. But you seem like you are a recovering perfectionist. I am. I can feel it in you. The The intention to be supple is there. Yeah. I, think- like, I, didn't, I didn't know that I was nurturing. I didn't, I didn't know some, that, that's in me. But I was Oh, you're it. very nurturing. I was fighting it. I was having a very bad day. And you just like swooped in and saved it. Like, remember that? that I was I- having... It wasn't, but it wasn't even intentional. I was just like, hey. But it was it, very intentional. I was listening. Uh, my spirit said, hit you up. And so. Yeah. And, and and the gift you gave me brought me a piece I didn't know that I needed. So mm-hmm. I just want to thank you for that. So you guys, as you can see from this episode, we are very fond. Of each other. Uh, yes, we are very fond of each other. We're, I was going to say the audience is very fond of Brian Henry. Blue, blue trying to call me red. She's like, working to make me red pill. She blue pill. You yeah. Know I, you know what? I... I am just a work in progress. I do think, though, that people need to see that you can be smart and you can be compassionate. You can be civically engaged and still have fun. For the sure. thing that I like about us is that we don't take ourselves too seriously mm. when it's appropriate not to. Most. I take myself more seriously in, in, in yeah. private. Yes. By myself than yes. I do in the world. It's and one like, day we're going to have a conversation about freeing you from. Uh, listen, you got whatever that hocus pocus you got, I'm ready. We're going to lay you down and. Pour some stuff on you and get you to Musa. Am I gonna have clothes on? <laughs> okay, well, guys, this was a great show. <laughs> this is the best show ever. Brian, you're coming back? I'm very much coming back. You see, we lifted the hood. Let's... And there was nothing, like, you had nothing on apparently at the end of it, but there was, like, there was, like, completely bare bones, Brian, and we loved the real, you know, emotionally naked version of you. Okay, I I appreciate that. Brian was like, "Where's this going, Blue? You make it yeah, clean. right." I was like, "Where are we going?" I was trying to like, "How do I keep this clean?" I will say, guys, for those of you who've been watching the show and who realize that I tend to talk in um, sexual innuendos, um, as someone who uh, used to be a phone sex operator, I, I didn't know that that counted you, as you sex. Was girl work. six. Yeah, I had to stop because my clients got. You met Spike Lee. He directed you. That movie really was a little too close to real life. Mm-hmm. I had to quit because one of my biggest clients worked in IT and was threatening to to track me down. Mm. Yeah, you were that good. Oh yeah, mm. I got a lot of tips. But that's the reason why I talk like this. It's a, I, I think it's a learned disability. Lamar, when he started working for me, literally would be like, "Is she trying to get me called in by HR? Why is she talking?" He felt right at home. He really did, though. Um, this show has been naughty, but but um, sensually uh, cerebral. Um, Brian, you probably have a lot of new fans. I'm going to get a lot of phone calls about this episode. I can already tell. This is the part where we do our homework. Uh, thank you for listening to Humanize. This show is sponsored by BlueCentricShop.com, where you can get all your spiritual baths and intention candles, yada, yada. If you liked what you heard today, and I know you did, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. And for those of you who want to see all the expressions from Brian during this episode, you can see the early release at Patreon.com backslash BlueCentric, and then later it will come out on YouTube. Brian, I adore you. I love you as well. I really, really adore you. Lamar. You're crazy self. Lamar <laughs> Lamar looks like he's watching his aunt and uncle talk. <laughs> but he's looking forward to being in the seat like, yeah, this is going to be me. I'm going to be talking. Yeah. Lamar's like, actually going to come in one of the episodes. going to be Jason Derulo. Talk dirty to me. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> one day we're going to have Lamar come on the show and show you his hip game. He grew up around a lot of Haitians. Oh, no, no. That's Lamar. There's Lamar and then there's Lamar. Okay, we're going to get into that in the next episode. Thank you guys so much for watching, and that's the show. Bye. Peace.
Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wannabet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wannabet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.